Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. There's a joy in serving. We're in a series, and today's part two, all right, called I Choose Joy. I choose joy. And it's so funny that both weekends that we've been doing this series, when I get here in the morning, it's all dark outside. You know, it's like gloomy, you know, and I'm like, we're talking about joy, being happy, being excited. And then you look outside like, man, I just feel like going to bed and sleeping, you know, but I choose joy. Listen to what I'm saying. I choose joy. Can you say that? I choose joy. Okay. It's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we make. We could decide to be depressed. We could decide to be sad. We could decide to be miserable. Or we could decide to choose joy. And I don't know about you, but I want to be joyful. I want to be excited about life. I want to be happy about life. I want to be thankful for the new opportunities that God puts in front of me every day. Because every day that you're alive is a new opportunity that he gives you. Oh, but pastor, if you knew all the problems that I'm going through, if you knew all the situations that I'm facing, all right, we all have them. Okay, we could go up here and put a list and we'll fill up that screen in the back. But you know what? Every day is a new opportunity that we have. Let's make the best of it. Let's make the best of every day that we have. And we're studying in this series, the book of Philippians, all right? And the book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, just to give a little background for some of you guys that might have come, you know, today and you weren't here last Sunday, Paul is writing this letter. Okay, the letter to the Philippians is four chapters, four small chapters. And in four four chapters, he mentions the word joy 16 times. 16 times he either talks about being joyful or rejoicing, like what Pastor Milton was, you know, telling us to do up here. And Paul is writing this from prison. Why is that important? Because I don't think a person in their right mind would talk about being joyful when they're in prison. I wouldn't do that. Would you? Unless there was a supernatural power source that you would be connected to, there's no way that you're going to be talking about being joyful from prison. You see, and why is he doing this? Because a lot of times, us as Christians, we understand we got joy in Jesus, but we're like, oh man, that's when we get to heaven. And if you don't even know Jesus, I mean, I don't even know. You're like, I don't even have no joy, you know, no hope for the future, no hope now, you know. But a lot of Christians, we're not any different than people that do not know the Lord. A lot of times we fall into fear, we fall into anxiety, we fall into depression, we fall into anger. And we go through all these issues, you know, and God says, you're my son, you're my daughter. I called you to live in a different way, to act in a different way. I'm inside of you, and I am the source of your joy. I want you to receive that right there where you're at. God is the source of your joy. Jesus is the source of your joy. Holy Spirit is the source of your joy. It's not people. It's not your pastor. Oh, no. (laughs) My wife will definitely tell you that I'm not the source of her joy, you know? Today she's joyful. She's happy. We had a great day today. But there'll be times that she'll say, oh no, he's not the source of my joy. You know who's the source of your joy? Is God. And the moment that you shift your eyes from there and put it somewhere else, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure. So no matter what happens, all right, 
When you understand that he's the source of your joy, you could tap to that powerful source. You could tap into that power source. In my house, uh, when we moved into the house that we have, we had to do a big remodeling of that house. That house was a mess. You know, the price was great. The remodeling that we had to put into it was nuts. And one of the things that I wanted to do was that I wanted to have that house, okay, power proof. What does that mean? I went through Hurricane Andrew when I was 15 years old here in Miami. And I remember where I lived, okay, the worst part of the hurricane was definitely the first day, but my house didn't fall down. I was close to the downtown area, so it wasn't really that bad. But we were without power for two weeks. So for two weeks, no electricity, okay? My dad had to heat the cans, you know, and some little fire that he had there. It was crazy. And I remember as a child, I was like, oh man, when I'm old, if I'm still living in Miami, I want to make sure if a hurricane comes by, we have electricity no matter what. So now when we were remodeling this house, I'm like, I'm going to have solar panels and I'm going to put backup batteries in this house. In other words, whatever happens, you know, we're going to be able to have, and I have my solar panels. And by the way, this is not an announcement for solar panels, but let me tell you something. They work. My FPL bill has dramatically gone down. Some people are like, Pastor, does that work? Oh man, FPL is definitely, well, FPL is not feeling the hit, you know, but I'm having joy with that. All right. And now I'm in the search of the backup batteries. I'm actually doing a study for that. Why? Because right now I have some generators at home. I have a generator and propane and all that. I could run my house for three days straight if the electricity went out. What do I want to have in my house? I want to have a power source that if something happens, my house could still produce electricity and we could be fine. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit has put joy in your heart that no matter what happens, you could tap to that joy and still be able to go forward in life in the midst of the situations and the problems we go through. Joy. Say it with me, joy. Now say it to your face. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> Joy. I know that this is the first service, a little harder and everything else like that. All right. But joy in the kingdom is so powerful. Joy in the kingdom of God is so powerful. And Paul knew that. That's why he was able to tap into that power source even while he was in jail. And he closes out chapter 1, okay, Philippians 1 verse 21 by saying, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You imagine that? In other words, no matter what you're going to do to me, I'm still going to come out on top. I'm still going to come out on the winning side. And that's the promise that you, you guys at home that are watching, all of us in this room have. We're always going to be on the winning side. And we need to understand that. Now, today, I want to share with you a message that I've titled, Joy Beyond Ourselves. Joy Beyond Ourselves. And we're going to dive into Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to sort of like break down some of the key verses. And I want to start by Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Okay, so Joy Beyond Ourselves is today's title. The series is called, I Choose Joy. And in Philippians 2, Paul starts out by writing the following. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete 
by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. So Paul is dropping a lot there. If you leave that verse up there real quick, okay? He starts talking about if you have encouragement from being in Christ, if you have comfort, if you have fellowship, if you have all these things, now make my joy complete. Let me give you a little context of what's going on here. And for you to, to understand, I'm going to use family, okay, to put this in a context. So at home, okay, we have four children. My oldest one is 15, then I have a 14-year-old, then I have a 10-year-old, and then I have a 9-year-old. And one of the principles or values that we've tried to instill in the life of our children, when we're sitting at the table, when we're talking, is the value of taking care and loving each other. And I tell my children, guys, when you guys grow up, I want to make sure that you all take care of each other. You call each other. You spend, you know, Christmases together. Find out where you're in Thanksgiving. Come along. If you guys are living in different cities and all that, make sure that you guys are intentional, all right, about your unity. That's what I tell them. You know, and I look at JJ. JJ's my smallest one. He's nine years old. And JJ's a rock star, man. I see JJ. I'm like, bro, JJ's going to be something. I'm like, JJ, if you make more money than all these guys right here in this table, and at one point or in a situation, they go through something, you make sure you take care of them. David, if one day your older sister Hadassah needs something from you, you're going to make sure that you answer and you step in. I go, Bella, if any time David, JJ, or Hadassah are going through something, you make sure. Okay, that you watch out for your brothers. And that, what am I trying to teach them? This is what I'm trying. If you're part of our family, one of our core values and one of the things that we hold dear is that we're going to honor, respect, and take care of each other. And you're going to make my joy complete as a father as I see you guys walking in this. Because if I grow old and I see my kids that don't want to talk to each other, and this one is upset at that one, and I'm not going to go to the Christmas uh, party if he's going to show up. All of a sudden, I'll be like, what in the world is going on in my family? And that is what Paul is saying. If there's any encouragement, if we've experienced this together, have you ever been at a point that you've experienced things together with some people that all of a sudden, all you need to do is just give a look and like, you know. I mean, you know you've lived some things shared experiences you know what i'm talking about like these guys that are right here in the front row all i need to do is just give them a look and be like oh man we've gone through some things we've gone to war and back we've gone to mars and back we've gone to the sun and back and we're still here and we're alive what share experiences do there's a power when you share certain experiences together it takes the relationship to another level and that's what Paul is referring to here. Paul is saying, guys, oh, we've lived some things in this Philippian church. We, we, we've been through some beatings. We've had some hardships. Don't stop loving each other. Don't stop taking care of each other. Don't stop overlooking each other. Make my joy complete. And isn't this funny? Because today I see people that get upset as somebody in the body of Christ, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to church anymore. Why? Oh, because that person's there. Or I'm not going here because that guy did that to me. And you have the Father in heaven looking, really? Really? 
It's not the way that my children are going to act. So a lot of times these things that we take to all too personal, the Lord is saying, I need you to work your way through these things. I, I, I need you to work yourself, you know, and your way through these things. Because listen to this that I'm going to say, and this is very important. You can't live the Christian life by yourself. Christ came to die for people. <laughs> he didn't just come to die for you. We say that, oh, Christ died for you. Yeah, he died for me. But he died for all of us. So you can't get to the point that you want to live your little private Christian life and then, then don't body bother me because I've been hurt. Well, I've gone through some issues in the church. I've lived some things. Jesus did it with others in mind. And how do we need to walk our Christian life? With others in mind as well. We got to walk with others in mind. Is joy, okay, is beyond ourselves. Joy is not for you to say, okay, I feel joy and I'm happy. No, 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 no. Joy is beyond you. It goes beyond you. It goes beyond you. Now, there's some joy killers. I understand that. Okay, there's some joy. The joy killer might be sitting next to you right now. <laughs> or he, he might have stayed at home and you're here. Or you might be both right now cuddling up in the van. Like, yeah, that's the joy killer right there. <laughs> I know there's some joy killers. All right, I'm not dumb just because I'm the pastor and I'm up here. Look what Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4 says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look, uh, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. So he's giving some keys here for when those joys killers come. What are some of the joys? Well, he mentions two right here. Number one, okay, number one, he talks about doing things, okay, out of selfish ambition. You know what I say here? If you want to put a little dash in, you're taking notes, living to impress. <laughs> you know, people that live to impress, especially in Miami. Miami's like a city like that. You know, Miami, we've got to show that we have the nice car and we have the nice house and we've done this and we... That, have you seen people that live to impress? You know, the, the way that... You know, have you heard of the... Dress to impress. Have you ever heard that? And you look at that person like, oh man, he's dressed so... Yeah, you don't understand. He has like a $10,000 debt in his MasterCard because he's dressing to impress. You know, and MasterCard's not going to be impressed. MasterCard's going to say... At the end of the month, okay, pay me what you owe me. You know, when you live to impress, you know what's the root of that? It's pride. It's pride. That's a joy killer. Because when you have to live to impress all the time, there's no joy in that. You're constantly, okay, trying to put a facade and show like everything when it's not like that. So there's no joy in that. I call that a joy killer. Another joy killer that he mentions here, he mentions the, the, the word vain conceit. Okay, you know what, what I titled that? Living for the applause. There's actually a song from Lady Gaga called Living for the Applause. Julie, I'm up to my things, girl. I have four teenagers, I mean two teenagers, other two coming. Okay, living for the applause. Living for people to... 
Great job. Great job. And you know what the problem is? That they could applaud you one day and they could boo you the next. They could say to him, Hosanna, Hosanna, the one that comes in the name of the Lord, and the next week, crucify him. That's what they did to Jesus. So if you try to live for the applause, oh, it's a joy killer. Because you're going to be up here one day, and the next day you're going to be down here. Make sure that you, you take care of that, okay? And the root of both of these, you know what it really is? Low self-esteem. You don't see yourself the way that heaven sees you. You need to see yourself the way that the Father needs you. Sees you, I'm sorry. If you would see yourself the way that the Father sees you, you don't need nobody's applause because you know that heaven is smiling down on you. You don't need to impress anybody because you know that the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, and that's enough. That brings joy. That brings joy. That brings freedom. So what should our attitude be? Philippians 2 Verse 5 through 11. Let's dive into this. What should our attitude be? Your attitude should be the same of that of Christ Jesus. What should our attitude be? The same one as whose? As Jesus. And what does it say? Who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, oh no, no, I'm not leaving the throne. I'm not going down. I'm staying right here. Oh, he says, the Bible says that being equal with God and holding on was not really his thing. He had no issue with that. But he made himself, look what the Bible says, nothing. Is that for God to come down here and be like us, that's literally like becoming like nothing. You know what I'm saying? So if you think yourself highly, it's, yeah, the other point of view is like, come on, man. When I made the stars and the heavens and all this, and you go to places that take your breath away, have you ever been, you know, just in a landscape that you look at the mountains and the clouds and, the, and you're like, all right, I'm not, I'm not all that big. <laughs> you know, I'm not all that high. You know, it's like. So being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can we give it up for Jesus today? And just thank him. Just say thank you, Jesus. Come on, we're in church. You can say thank you, Jesus. You're not going to look weird. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. Because that's what it makes my heart say when I, when I read this. Thank you, Jesus. You see, through his example... I see somebody that lived joy beyond himself. His joy went beyond him. Some people say, oh, in order to feel joy, I need to be happy and things need to be good for me. Jesus' joy was not the people. It was joy beyond himself. I mean, it wasn't him. It was joy beyond himself. It went beyond him. It went beyond him. And here's the secret. Okay, you're like, Pastor, what's the secret? 
Okay, you're taking notes, you want to write this down. The key to joy is to develop a servant heart. The key to joy is to develop a servant heart. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about other things. It's about other people. It's about them. Develop a servant heart is the key, okay, to joy. How do I do that? How do I develop a servant heart when it goes so much contrary to the way that I am? Because I'm going to tell you something. It sounds funny. When, when I was a young man, I thought I was the most humble person walking the earth. When I was a young man, I was single. I was like giving and serving in church and doing this and doing that. And everything was going great. And then I fell in love. And then I married my wife. And all of a sudden, you know, I was happy by myself in my own space and doing things. And then we left to our honeymoon. And then we came back from the honeymoon and I woke up the next day and I saw that there was somebody in my bed next to me. And I was like, she's not going anywhere? She's staying here? I mean, like, I want to take that space that is right there, but she's there. And all of a sudden, it's like, so what are we going to do today? I'm like, I don't know about we, but I know what me is going to do today. Have you ever been in a position, if, if, if you want to deal with your selfishness, get married. And if you're still selfish, have kids. Because I want to tell you something. <laughs> I want to tell you something. After I got married, and then finally I got used to having her around, you know, Sundays after church, I want to watch football, and she wanted to watch something else on TV. I'm like, no, 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 we only have one TV, and we can't watch that right now. You know, we got to watch football. And that shit, poor little Gabby sitting there in the corner, you know, on the sofa, the green sofa, remember the great, waiting for that football game to be over. And then after the football game, she finally gets all excited. She gets to have the TV. I'm like, no, 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 we got to watch Sports Center. And she goes, why do we got to watch Sports I got to see what happened in the game. And she goes, didn't you watch the game? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but we got to see what they say about the game. Diego's laughing. Tiffany, get ready. Tiffany, get ready. When are you guys getting married? Coming soon to a theater near you guys. <laughs> Coming soon. And then my kids started showing up. And Hadassah showed up, and David showed up, and Bella showed up, and Jeremy showed up. And sometimes we let them go to friend's house. You know, and then Gabby's like, all right, honey, I'm going to pick them up. And I'm like, they're coming back? Do they need to come back? Can we just leave them out there a couple of days? Because I'm selfish. Selfish. But God has called us to serve. And I remember living in a townhouse and Gabby pregnant and saying, babe, can you do something for me? I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm in bed. I got to wake up early. Then I'm like, what do you need? Can you bring me a cold glass of water? And inside of me, it's like, okay, I got to get out of this bed. I got to go downstairs and turn on the lights. And my sleep is going to be broken right now. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Or this is only me, guys? Because you guys are looking at me like if I was weird. But I know that I'm talking about you just with different names and different situations. Don't act so holy just because you're in here. We're all imperfect. <laughs> so we need to develop what, guys? A servant 
heart, a servant heart in order to have joy beyond ourselves. And here in Philippians, here we go. This is the pastor thing, okay? We see three ways. Three. Why not four? Because there's only three, all right? Why not five? Because it's three, all right? All right? Three things that we see here of how we develop, okay, a servant heart. Because you're there sitting down like, oh, I don't want to do this, pastor. Even the Lord started to thunder now, you know? It's like, (laughs) how do I develop a servant heart? Number one, write this down. This is what Paul is telling the people in Philippians, okay? Go all in with God. You want to develop a servant heart, go all in with God. Amen, my brother. All right. (laughs) I have an assistant preacher. He's always there. Uh, I love that kid. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. Listen to what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Therefore, my dear friends, he puts it in a nice context. You know, my dear friends, sounds like Joel Osteen a little bit and everything. As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, by the way, this has nothing to do with losing your salvation. Okay, very important. All right, this has to do with the fruit of your salvation and that if you're a son of God or a daughter of God, hey, come on, walk according to what you are. All right? For it is God who works in you the will, okay, to will and to act according to his good purpose. So what is he saying? Go all in with God. If you want to have the joy that I have, it's not because I stayed a little bit here and a little bit there. Have you ever seen Christians that want to commit, but they really don't want to commit? So they tell me, Pastor, how can I serve? But please do not touch my Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm like, you want to do what? Yeah, pastor, I want to serve, but I can't do it Sunday. I can't do it Monday because Monday is my family night. Tuesday, I do homework with the kids. And Wednesday, you know, it's my day to go to the gym. And Thursday, and I'm like, do we have like a little gap at least? (laughs) You know? So what are we looking at here? That if we want to really have joy, we have to go all in. We have to go all in, church. A few weeks ago, I got up here. And I told the parents, parents, we're starting to do some amazing things with your kids on Sunday mornings. You know, if you have, you know, a son or daughter that's elementary age, in other words, 12 and under, you know, we are working with them. And actually starting in January, we're going to have this curriculum, okay, that is grade-based, all right? And one weekend is going to work with the other weekend, with the other weekend, with the other weekend. Listen to this for six years. So what am I telling you? Give me six years for your kids. And I guarantee that they're going to love God with all their heart. They're going to know the word of God. They're going to love you. They're going to love the local church. Amen, Pastor Harold and Pastor Tita. You guys are the kids' pastors, and they're sitting here. Can we give it up for the wonderful work that they're doing? But listen, I need you guys committed to church because if you come to church the first day of the month, but then you take the other two weekends off and then you come on the last one and then you come two more in November and then you don't come until January, it's going to affect what we're trying to do. It's not just random 
lessons, and even for you. Commit and say, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. Okay? And your youth. There's some excitement around our youth right now. There's an excitement that is going on in the life of our youth. And we made a change with our youth. Now we're doing our G2G youth is 13 through 21. All right, 13 and up. And this Friday coming up, we have our G2G night. What is G2G night? That's our big night. That's a big event. All right, and that's a night where we want them to bring friends. We're going to have fun. There's going to be a lot of things that is planned out for this Friday. So if you have a teenager, all right, you want to make sure they get here. I have a good friend of mine, Pastor Alex Sagat from Calvary Chapel. He's going to be here. He's going to be bringing the word. Uh, man, let me tell you, he already sent in his message. In other words, this guy's excited about being here on Friday night with our young people. You get our young people here. But pastor, I got to drive. And then I got to pick them up. I understand. <laughs> Can I just leave them there till Sunday? No. <laughs> got to come and get them afterwards. <laughs> Can I Uber him? Well, that's up to you. <laughs> All right. Diego's like, lights out by 10.30, man. <laughs> lights out by... You know what happened? We put that basketball court out there and the lights are on. And if they don't turn off the lights, these kids are not going anywhere. And the other day, my son is like, Daddy, Daddy, I'm playing a game now. And it was, it was 10.28 when he started. And the lights go out at 10.30. He's like, can you tell them to keep the lights on? I'm like, no, no, I'm not in charge. And he looked at me and he's like, you're the pastor. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not the one running this. And he goes... So the kids were beating the youth leaders, and the score was 9 to 2. 2 11, and the lights went out. And till this day, we don't know who won that game, right, Diego? Diego's like, whew, because, but we don't know who won that game. All right? So we need your young people here this Friday. All right? All in. All in. I'm gonna, can, I, can I just share with you? Small group season is going on. We're in our fifth week of small group. All right, pastor, but the small group's already started. It doesn't matter. If you're part of this church, NUMA is a church of small groups. We want you in a small group. Not to learn a curriculum, but to be in relationship with somebody. We want you connecting with someone. We don't want you doing the Christian life alone. Life is hard by yourself, guys. We need people that will encourage us, pray for us, lift our arms up. Because I don't know about you, but there's days that I don't even want to get up sometimes. And I need somebody to say, hey, I know that this is a hard week coming up. How are you doing? Hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. But if you're not known and nobody knows your phone number, we can't do anything about it. So join a small group. Be part of that growth track. Here's my growth track moment. All right. All my growth track people. Hey, Pastor. Today's step two of the growth track. Get on the growth track and let it just take you. Why? Because I want you to discover your purpose. I want you to discover the way that God wired you. I want you making a difference with your life. Because let me tell you something. You're not going to have greater joy in this world until you start walking in the way that God wired you and living that out and making a difference through that. When I see these people up here singing and playing their instruments, you don't know how much joy it brings to my heart. Because I see them doing what they're called to do and that I can't do a lick of it 
All right, I hear my brother Larry playing that guitar, and for me, it sounds like heaven on earth. I can listen to Don't we have an awesome guitar player, brother Larry, right there? Amazing job. Ellen, this is your moment, girl. Clap for that man right there. I hear Larry, and when I hear Larry, I'm like, the sounds that he plays on that instrument, he brings heaven to earth through that. I was like, I could try for three lifetimes, and I can't get one of those chords down. When you see the different giftings and talents of the people, the people, when I see the video that Daniela did today, you know, of our survey, the video came in within a phone screen. You imagine that? Did you see that video? The whole video was the phone and the, the little, everything that happened within the phone. I have a hard time watching a video on my phone. Imagine trying to do a video that it comes out like if it was my, just like, incredible talent. And that's why you discover in the growth track, because you were created to make a difference through your life and bless the life of others. Joy beyond yourself. All right? Prayer. All right? We have prayer here every Saturday morning at 9. I like to say it this way. Our Sunday service doesn't start Sunday. It starts Saturday at 9 o'clock. We have open prayer. You guys could come. And just be here and be in an atmosphere of prayer. And if you need prayer, uh, uh, we pray for that. This Wednesday morning, okay, we have a business, you know, leaders breakfast. You're like, oh, pastor, you know, I, I was thinking of launching a business, but I haven't done it yet and I don't have the right to. I want to connect you with the people that are doing it. That could help you. You know what? Go all in with God. I'm not doing all these things because pastor needs an extra thing on his calendar. I want you to go all in. Share your faith with somebody. A couple of weeks ago, I got up here and I said, hey guys, these are some tools that you could use to share your faith, how you believe in Jesus, how you could bring your friends uh, you know, to the Lord. Bring somebody to church. I, I love it when I go outside. People are like, Pastor, you know, I love your message. I love your preaching. If you're enjoying, bring somebody with you over here. Don't enjoy by yourself. Have you ever gone to a good restaurant and you tell all your friends, hey, boy, you got to go eat here. And you're like, you know what? I'll actually take you and I'll go eat there with you. Because <laughs> you want to take advantage of that. And, you know, they might invite you and all that. No, anyways. So bring somebody with you. You know? Commit to raising a godly family. Go all in on that. Commit to raising a godly family. We just had our men's conference two weeks ago. Any champions out there left? Any of the champion men? Oh, the champion, they lost their voice. Any champions out there? Uh, okay, just in case. All right. So this week I flew to Birmingham for two days. And as I was flying to Birmingham, I just had a prompting of the Spirit. Get the men together that went to the conference. And actually, if you didn't want the went to the conference, but you want to come. So this Wednesday night, we're doing an unplanned men's testimony night. Why? Because I want to know how you're doing two weeks after. And if there's anything that I could do to help you in that journey. Men, we need you. You were created for a time such as this, guys. We all have a place in the kingdom. Oh, we take it. We go through things. So Wednesday night, 7.30, all the gentlemen that are here, you guys are all Welcome to come and join us. This is not in the calendar. This is one of those that Holy Spirit wants to gather with the men. So let's do it. All right? And the ladies. Any ladies in the house? Look at that. They haven't even gone to their conference and they're already screaming. 
The guys went to their conference, and I'm like, where are the guys at? I hear crickets. And the women haven't gone to the conference, and I'm like, where are the ladies at? And what do I hear? I could try it all my life. <laughs> so ladies, your Rejoice Women's Conference is coming up. All right, November 4th and 5th, if I'm not mistaken, is right behind me. Look at this. All right, and you could scan that and sign up for the conference. Ladies are so amazing that on the first day of registration, they almost have more ladies signed up than us for the whole conference. It's amazing. But next year, the men, we're going to win that. That's one that I have inside. That I'm like, one day, man, we're going to have more guys in our conference than ladies. But for now, ladies, you guys are winning. And I got to recognize, I hate to admit that I'm losing, but <laughs> ladies, sign up for your ladies' conference. By the way, one of our guest speakers, this lady has a testimony. Oh, she has a testimony. Maria Durso is her name. And she didn't even know who her parents were. If you think that you lived a uh, rough childhood, listen to this. She didn't have a name the first seven days of her life. So her name on her little thing was Baby. Because nobody claimed her. You imagine that? So you want to hear a powerful testimony, ladies? You want to make sure you get here to, to this conference. So why are you doing all these things at church? Listen, come here. Look at me. This is something that I've asked you a couple of times in the past, and I'm going to ask you again. Give me one year of your life. You're not going to regret it. Do all these things today. Mark your calendar. Today is what? October 9th or 10th? 9th. Okay, mark your calendar. Okay, till October 9th of 2023. And go all in with God. And I guarantee you, you're not going to regret it. If you go through all these things... And at the end, you say, Pastor, it was horrible. You know what? Find the church, and I'm going to go with you to that church as well. I'll leave. I'll, I'll find, I don't know where Alain and, uh, you know, Johan are. They're going to be the new preachers here in church. What do you think, Liz? I'll leave with you. Because I believe that if you go all in with God, oh, man, that joy. That joy as you build up, as you build up, as you build up. The servant heart will be developed in you. Number two, take a genuine interest in others. You want to have a servant heart? Take a genuine interest in others. First, Paul talks to the Philippians. And then here, he's going to talk to who? He's going to talk about his spiritual son, Timothy, in Philippians 2, verse 19 to 21. Listen to what he says. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send you Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. And now listen to what he says about Tim. Talking, talk about bragging about a spiritual son. Listen to it. I have no one else like him. This is what Paul's saying about Timothy, who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. He's saying, Timothy's the real deal. He takes a real genuine interest in you guys. He loves you guys. He wants what's best for you guys. And you know, when you start taking a genuine interest in others, something starts to happen. But not one of those interests like, okay, let me see what's in it for me. You know those kind of things? Like if you do this and then, you know, what can I get in return? No, 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 no. A genuine interest in others. Look how Paul says it. For everyone looks out for his own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. 
That is one of the craziest verses I've ever read in the Bible. Worship team, you guys could come up. Everybody's looking for the interest of who? For themselves. That's what Paul's saying. But Timothy, he's looking for the interest of Jesus Christ. And the question is, what are the interests of Jesus Christ? Look over here. If you're not worship team, you guys should be seated down. Tranquilito, not an issue. Listen. The interest of Jesus Christ is who is people. So yesterday we had our serve day. And I'm so excited because yesterday morning we came here and we had about 80 people here in the morning. By the time that we left, we had about 100 people from our church that went out to serve in 15 different serves that we had lined up yesterday. And you want to hear some amazing news? Yesterday, okay, we had 40 recorded people that made a prayer to invite Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior through these things. Can we put our hands together for the Lord for that? And I say 40 recorded people because Pastor Milton went to visit some children out in an agricultural community over there in Homestead, a very poor area. And he started giving gifts to them. And at the end, he goes, you know what? We're all going to do a prayer together. And he started talking about Jesus. And he had all of them kneel down in a field. And all of them together pray to invite Jesus into their heart. So I don't even know in reality what was the real count. I want to thank all those that went yesterday. I bless your lives. I want to thank those that are part of the missions team. If you're part of the missions team and you're here this morning, I want to honor you. There were ladies that were making sandwiches on Friday night. They got here at 7.30 to make 300 sandwiches that were passed out yesterday in downtown Miami. They got here at 7 o'clock. I left at 10.30 when the lights went off and they were still here. And they got here yesterday morning at 6, from 6 to 8.30 to finish those 300 sandwiches. People that have understand, have understood that there's joy beyond ourselves. And I don't know if Maru's here. I don't see her yet. I think she might be recovering. <laughs> Hopefully not in ICU, but I know she might be recovering. Maru's our our uh, missions coach. She was the one with the whole team that for weeks have been putting this thing together. And I want to honor them this morning. Even though she's not here, can we put it together for all the people that are part of that missions team? And we had 14 serves and all of a sudden one added up after this hurricane went by the west coast of Florida. So yesterday we went to Fort Myers. And when we got to Fort Myers, to so the church that we had coordinated to work with, the pastor did something that was so amazing. You know what he told us? We have everything we need here. And our people are good. But I know a church down in Cape Coral, they got ravaged. Do you mind if I call the pastor over there to see if he could receive you guys? And that pastor got on his phone. He could have taken all those things for him. Just to have a bigger load. And he called this pastor in Cape Coral, guys. And he goes, listen, I have trucks load of stuff that they picked up at this church named Numa. Do you have need for that pastor in Cape Coral? Said, I've been waiting for those brothers for like about a week now. <laughs> Send them right over. So we headed over there, you know, and we had a team that stayed there serving. And actually, they haven't had church, all right, since the storm went. 
and our team helped them set up their main auditorium because at night they have teams that are staying there and inflatable. And by the way, if you have two or three days available this weekend, you want to serve, I have the pastor's info. He says, hey, if you want to send people, we'll give them four hot meals a day, uh, three hot meals a day, and they will serve in the different things. So maybe you have some time like, hey, I want to serve that community. I'll send you out. That's the way that we do things here at Numa. I'll send you out. And then listen to this. This is hilarious. So then there was a man that I met in One Nation one day in Peru in 2019 serving. And we connected in such a way. He's a minister. You know, he has the gift of generosity. He has blessed so many people. And his house got flooded. Four feet of water came into his house. So he was the first person that I reached out in Fort Myers after the storm went. And he goes, Brother Chris, if you could come over here and bring some people to help me, you don't understand. He goes, all the things in my living room are just floating around. I was like, oh man. So I told him, listen, on Saturday, we have our serve day. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have a team ready to serve and, you know, whatever you need. So I leave the people yesterday in the church. We leave all that coordinated with Jimmy. And then I go over there. The funny thing is that this gentleman sold the house where he lived, the one that I knew, and bought himself 10 acres. So when I we drive in and we see not a house, we see a property that is destroyed. I almost went back to Cape Crow and got the rest of the team. Hey guys, I need help here because there's no way that we're going to be able to do anything. And his, he lives behind one of those uh, uh, outlets, water outlets that comes from Lake Okeechobee. And that whole thing just came in and his whole property and actually passed his property. And you know what his family was telling me? He goes, we've always been in a position of blessing others. And it's been so hard to have to sit here and find ourselves in this situation. And then she told me, you're not going to believe what happened. Last week, a church sent a team of 40 people here to our property. And they started to help us, you know, start breaking the walls, do this, do that. And here you guys show up today with a team of about 12 to help us. And you know what I told them? It's been your joy to serve the body for so many years. Now just sit back and let the body serve you and receive from everything you've sown. You know, that lady told me, she goes, Pastor, I've never seen it that way. And I'm like, that's the way the kingdom functions. You give, but at the end of the day, you're sowing. And when the right time comes, you know what happens? You start to reap the benefits of what you've given. Can we put our hands together for the Lord? And I want to close just for you to write down, write this down. The third point, live a life of intentional relationships. Live a life of intentional relationships. You want to have a servant heart? Go all in with God. All right? Go all in with God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Number two, take a real, genuine interest in others. And number three, all right? Number three, live a life of intentional relationships. What does that mean? Philippians 2, 25 and 26. Now close. 
Paul talks to the people in the Philippian church. Then he talks about Timothy and gives a great shout out to Timothy. And then he's going to give a shout out to some guy that I can't even pronounce his name. And he says, but I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. All right, do not name your child this. This is going to be a difficult name if he goes to school. They might be making fun of him throughout high school. Epaphroditus, he goes, my brother, my co-worker, and fellow soldier. Wow. My brother, my co-worker, my fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Listen. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. This guy, Paul says, this guy's my brother. This guy's been to war with me, but he cares about you guys. In other words, he has a real relationship with you guys. Look at me real quick. This morning I was talking to somebody here, and they're pretty new to our church, maybe a couple of months. And that person is in the room right now. And she told me, Pastor, you know what I really love about this church? The relationships. I love, the rela I love that you guys are about relationships and the real relationships. Guys, why do you think we do small groups? We do dream team. One of the things I love about dream teamers, bro, they do life together. They do parties together. They celebrate together. They do all these things together. What is it? Real relationships. That's what Paul was saying at the beginning in Philippians. He goes, hey, we're a family. Now make my joy complete. And we're a family here at Numa. Make PC's joy complete by going all out with God. Being of genuine interest in the need of others and building strong relationships one with the other. I want to ask you to close your eyes right there where you're at. And maybe you came here, you're new, you've been here a couple of weeks, maybe you're watching online and you haven't even taken the steps of coming yet. The other day I met a brother that says, Pastor, I've been watching you for about six weeks online and I finally made the decision to show up in person. And maybe other people that are watching like that. God wants to do something in your life. He wants true joy, real joy, even in the midst of the craziness that, that the world is offering us. But it starts with Jesus. He is the source of your joy. So there were your head bowed and eyes closed. I want you to take a moment and meditate on Jesus as we sing this song.
invitation that the Lord is giving you today to come to him you want to have a joy-filled life it starts by coming to Jesus it starts by recognizing him as your Lord and Savior and then he'll start to put everything in its place don't be fooled by thinking that you need to get some things in order and then come to the Lord you're never going to be able to put those things in order come to him just as you are and he will not cast you out and he will send his holy spirit to live inside of you to help you in all those areas that you need help in. you're like pastor what do i need to do receive jesus as your lord and savior invite him into your life start to follow him from this day forward start to follow him into the most amazing journey that he will take you in and if you're watching online or if you're here in person you're like, Pastor, I've never made that decision. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And right there where you're at, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. You're going to say, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. 
thank you so much for dying for me on the cross to pay for my sins and to bring me into a relationship with my heavenly father from this moment on i declare my sins are forgiven and that i am a son or daughter of god and ready to walk in the purpose that you have for my life send the holy spirit to live in my heart now i pray all this in jesus name and we all say amen and amen let's put our hands together for the lord this morning thanks again for listening if you liked what you've heard subscribe to our channel and share it with others now for more content from numa and to connect with us visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org we love you and we hope to connect with you soon